Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are going to review Evil Dead Rise and Bo is Afraid. That's right, a double header, a twofer, if you will. We're going to go ahead and get this thing going. Hey, everyone, this is Dylan. And I'm Michael. Uh, yes, both movies that we have been talking about for a, a while um, and highly Four? anticipated. Yeah. Um, we will go, I'll go ahead and warn you up top. Spoilers for both. Um, one matters more than the, the rest in terms of spoilers, I guess. Um, there's not a lot to spoil in Evil Dead. I guess sur- who survives and who doesn't is pretty a big spoiler. Yeah. But so we will warn you as the reviews start again, but we will be spoiling these films. But first, so we're, we're going to do something. We're going to break the mold a little bit. So we're not going to do a traditional news as we normally do. We're going to just talk about the new trailers of the week. So, yeah. And there's a few. So there, that, that's right. So what, what you got, Dylan? So CinemaCon is happening right now. And oh, so so we're going to miss something. Yeah. Well, we got the we got the flash trailer. So we, we, we got just one. got it. Um, Warner Brothers had their panel. For those who don't know, CinemaCon is a it's like a conference for um, movie theater retailers. Like so like I was going to say like Comics Pro, but that's not <laughs> their things up either. It's where it's not like Comic-Con. It's only theater uh, managers and okay. owners can go and the studios pitch like our movie's going to be so cool. You should book it in as many screens as you can situation. You know what I mean? That's so interesting to me. Cause I always feel like that. I, I didn't realize that's what CinemaCon was until this moment. Like I, like that's, um, it seems like a very outdated model. Like d- does flash really need like help being told I mean, do, do the theater managers need to know? Yes. And no, I feel like it like gets them really hype. You know, like sure, in person hype is like for some reason pays off. I don't think it would help okay. you or I because we just would just kind of like right if we ran movies. Based on the, but they also show them the movies like they're watching Flash, so oh, they wow. can kind of see and anticipate what the reception might be and if repeat viewing and kind of book accordingly okay. for that. So they do get like super useful information. And they got they get tons of trailers that we don't have either. Like I think of the course. Dune the Dune two trailer was there, but oh wow, we don't see it. Um, I always I assume that stuff it. like that would be like um, uh, more like the, the the direction of what gets booked and how many screens would be just decided by AMC corporate, you know. And then yeah, yeah, interesting, very cool. That's I interesting. So yeah, very cool. Well, um, yeah, I wish we could go. How do we? How do we fudge that, Mike? I mean, we, look, we have. Can we in. like open an LLC for like I don't know, uh, Dylan and Michael Plex. What if we like sell one movie, Plex. one movie a month at Bedrock, so, like on a random screen or like so, theater now? Dylan, I mean, I know you're joking. However, there is in Rosenberg, and a two screen theater in downtown Rosenberg that is no longer in service. It hasn't been open for 20, 25, 30 years. Let's buy it. How how much could it possibly cost? I don't know. I have it's no like idea. That movie we bought a zoo, but we bought right, a but we, we bought a we bought a theater in Rosenberg, Texas. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah, um, that's right. Okay, so we did get the flash trailer. Uh it was it's trailer number two. Um, you know, the full almost three minute situation. And uh oh, yeah. I think it continues to look really solid. I mean it does. It's unfortunate the circumstances, obviously, but that goes with of course. Yeah, we, being said, we can say that every single time. Uh yeah. and it and it will be true every single time. Um, however, you know, the movie looks good, man. The movie looks really good. I like how vibrant it looks, and um, the story is one that I like from the comics, you know, the Flashpoint yeah. story, and uh, it looks like they're having a lot of fun with Keaton. Um, I think so. It just looks like exactly what you would want this movie to be if someone were to tell you what it's about. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It looks it looks really enjoyable. Um, it looks good, and like, like we said, I don't think we need to say it every single time, but obviously it is very unfortunate. Um with Ezra Miller and in being involved that all being said I, this trailer is real good it does everything you need it to do yeah I have no like normally I feel like I can kind of anticipate how things are going to play but I have no idea if people are going to respond to this and go see it you know I feel right. like they might just for Keaton I feel like that might help the box office a lot but um otherwise I'm not sure if people will care you know it's going to be very cameo heavy and I assume all oh, the cameos are going to leak after they showed at CinemaCon, so I guess stay off the internet for a couple months. Yeah, if you, if don't you don't want to, if you don't want to know, then you know, 
I'm still holding out hope for George Clooney. So we'll see. I think I think I think that could happen. I think that's a possibility. You think? I do. Or the CW Flash, that'd be cool too, because he was in as oh, earlier yeah. was in the Flash TV show. So like you get some good synergy, you know? That'd be cool. Um interesting. I wonder hmm. They should have made when is this movie coming Grant out? Gustin the other Flash instead of two Ezra's. Yeah, but then you have to sort of they didn't know. Well, maybe I don't know. I don't know how much they knew. Like, how True. at what point did DC know that like this was not going to work out? They were going to have to abandon ship and start over. You know. True. I get. I, I get it. The doppelganger thing is like a fun element too. You know, it's something mm-hmm. it doesn't hit as hard if they're like different actors. You don't buy them as the same person, but I mean, um, I, but it sells the different universe better. I don't know. I, I guess think, since he is playing also Barry Allen, I guess that is a problem. Yeah, I think it, I think it, I'm not sure how this is going to end up, but I think it is best sold when it's a really good actor who could be two completely separate people, but look the same, you know? Yes, absolutely. But I'm not sure if that's what we're going to get, but we'll see. Um, Supergirl looks pretty cool. Uh, she looks awesome. Yeah. Ben Affleck looks like he's going out on a high note, hopefully. Um <laughs> Yeah. I'm not sure if Wonder Woman's in this. She was at one point. Uh, she has a pop, but I mean, going to be that... cut from the movie. <laughs> I don't know. Yikes. I don't think. Well, no, we'll know for sure soon. So that's exciting. Um, okay. We also got a, not really a trailer, but kind of like a visual slash announcement for the next uh, Godzilla slash Kong universe uh, installment. This we one did. Is a, t- a title form... reveal. Yeah. And a date. For God's, it's called Godzilla X Kong: The New Empire, or is it just Godzilla Kong? I don't know. How how do you verbalize I, that? I so I I I don't know because people, this has been a trend for a long time. Do you say the X or do I? Do I just say I don't know Godzilla I Kong? By X family one time, I got in trouble, so now I'm oh. scared to do anything. I I thought that I thought it was by X family. I've I've been told that, but I also I have no idea. So. I don't know. Yeah. I'm saying Godzilla X Kong. Um, what's it called okay. though? What's the what's the subtitle? Godzilla X Kong: The New Empire. Mm. So it looks like they're like in the visual. It's got him on like a throne, okay, uh, Kong, with a bunch of bones around. Yeah, I mean uh, it looks neat. Yeah, it's got some cool visuals. Um, now, the synopsis this is... doesn't really tell you much. I will say that. What does it say? Um, it just says that we're gonna delve deeper into the extraordinary beings and how they are tied to humankind forever it's like a bunch of like nonsense basically they don't want to we don't have the plot yet okay enough so that it hits like a word count yeah exactly um but we do know it's coming out march 15th 2024 which is not that far away it's a year Hmm. 11 months (laughs) yeah so who's to say like okay look i've been historically not super into these movies so Unfortunately, same. I'm also not super into this one. I know a lot of people really liked the last, uh, forgot the name, King of Mo- King of Monsters. That what it's called? War War of Monsters. Mm-hmm. Well, the one with Mothra, whatever. I know people like that one. I di- I didn't, but you know, people I like hope- that one because it had more uh, monsters in it. I hope this gives the the Zilla fans what they want. Yeah, exactly. It's not. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we're really good. We'll see. Not so. probably not for me though. I haven't liked the I mean, last two. We'll go see it. So true. Um, okay, we got uh, more importantly uh, a new trailer for final trailer maybe for Fast X. Um, yes, this is the uh, second to last movie. They're supposed to end on eleven. Um, sure. It, <laughs> Based on it comes what? out. It comes out this summer. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember the date. I, I mean, but... I don't know what else they need to show in this in this trailer. In these trailers, you're either already in or you're already out. It's becoming too much. I didn't want to see all all of what I saw in this trailer. Um, I, you, like... You're getting a lot of the the high spots. You know, you're getting a yeah, lot of the, the set pieces and the yeah, stunts. the revealing stuff. The revealing stuff. You know, I don't like it. It's like boogeyman. Um, it's like stay away. I don't want to see these trailers. I'm still not sure exactly what it's about, but I don't think it really matters. Um, it's Jason Momoa going after <laughs> Vin Diesel and Fam. You know, yeah, well, 
Jason Momoa versus the family. I did think it was funny that Momoa described his character as androgynous. Um, it did he? <laughs> yeah, I guess because he has long hair and like I think painted nails. But it's like I don't know if that's what that means. I don't. I don't think that it's like the Princess Bride quote, right? Right? It's like I don't think that word means what you think it means. Yeah. Hmm. I don't okay. Know. Men really be doing the least sometimes. <laughs> hey, you know. Um, but he looks like he's having a really good time. He's got a scrunchie too in one of the scenes. You know, uh, he does look. I mean, that is true. But Jason Momoa always looks like he is having an absolute blast. So that is a yeah. selling point. But we got. I mean, we got some of John Cena. We got uh, Helen Mirren, uh, Brie Larson. Uh, like literally everyone who's been in these movies is still alive. Right. Is back. They're all back. Um. I liked my favorite uh, stunt from this was the final one when he's like driving down the dam and it looks like yes. a Hot Wheels like ramp, it, it, you know? It looks exactly like that. Um, I'm glad they didn't show him like driving off the ramp, so at least there's like something, you know? Yeah, but like that's uh, super disappointing that that just showed up yeah. in the trailer. It but it looks, cool. looks True. It oddly looks like more grounded though. I don't know. It looks like a little do, bit. Do you think so? Return to form for fast and furious like there's no space or anything or like planes that's what you think now literally grounded uh yeah maybe there's more that we're not seeing um there will be but i'm very hyped for this uh Me too. we're going in 40x uh, I, we are, I have my ticket do you yeah we didn't didn't we i feel like we bought tickets for that like a I long time not. ago my i bad. think you did <laughs> i think you did you sent you sent links to or fandango stuff or I, I might be completely making stuff up, so I don't know. Maybe you're remembering the last the last one. It's been a while, dude. I don't know. Um, but no, I'm very hyped for this. Uh, Me too. Like, I don't know what it's else there is to say about I mean, it. I think all you're going to get out of it is... Uh, wait, when is this movie coming out? Like in May or something. Okay. The, it doesn't have the release date here. It's very annoying. Yeah. Um, I'll look. I'll, look, I'll get you an answer in a second. Okay. Um, well, did you have any more trailers, Dylan? Because I only I only have one. Uh, no, that was my final okay. trailer. Well, we got we we told you last week that we were going to get uh, an announcement for May nineteenth. Uh, thank you, Dylan. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we told you last week that we would get uh, or that we, we got the title announcement for Insidious Five, which is now called Insidious colon The Red Door, um, which okay. is bringing back Patrick Wilson and uh, well and the gang. And this is his uh, his first time directing this movie or this franchise. So that's exciting, I suppose. Um, but we did get a trailer for it and I got it in front of Evil Dead. Did you? I did, too. Honestly, I think that really helped the trailer because I think the trailer's fine. I agree. Um, it's real fine, but it looks a lot like Insidious 5. You know what I'm saying? Like, I will take it further and say it doesn't look as good as the last movies in my opinion i don't know if like... i saw past two i'm not sure what i've seen aren't there three i've only seen three this is five right yeah the, 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 this this uh according well, according four. to according to variety the first official trailer for the fifth installment of the mainstay mainstay horror franchise okay let's relax um yeah 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 so yeah the fourth one is insidious the last key which i'm not realizing i, I did see de- i definitely did not see that one um but anyway um, Insidious the Red Door picks up 10 years after Insidious Chapter 2 showcasing some familiar faces from his predecessors blah 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 um, we don't have a full plot right up here but it's it looks like a Patrick, demon. Pat, yeah Patrick Wilson takes his kid to college and then kid in college has demon issues and remembering yep. this is the kid that was in a coma in the first one or the second one yeah there's some good imagery I mean but again it looks a lot like Insidious like it, it looks, a looks like, like the fifth one. Yeah, it looked a little generic to me. It did. I don't know. But I will say, seeing it before Evil Dead and Dolby helped the trailer out. If I had seen this on my phone, I would have, I don't know if I had to finish it. <laughs> if I'm being real. Okay. Um, um, I I don't know. I don't have much else to say about this movie. I mean, I'll probably go see it. Um, if, I mean, if we're going to review buy- it. I also like spoiler did enjoy Evil Dead, and I feel like I didn't respond well to that first trailer either. So, you know, you never know. I, I agree, and I feel the same way because we both were kind of mad on the first trailer uh, for Evil Dead. 
Um, but either way, Insidious the Red Door premieres in theaters July 7th. Um, oh, not- Dylan, this just in out of CinemaCon. Oh, we're doing CinemaCon. Okay, what's up? Well, just just real quick. We got we got some we don't we don't have it. This is they they saw they saw some footage for the Meg two. Oh, are you gonna read the trailer description? Uh no. I was gonna save that I was, for I was talking about that with Hyde earlier today. Oh, are I got excited I mean, for Meg two? I absolutely. I loved the first one. I mean yeah, it's terrible. This one, but this one seems crazy. Yeah. So I'm hype. Yeah. Um we'll talk about more about the Meg two when we actually get a trailer. However, I guess that's going to do it for us um, for this portion. So uh, let's hear about the live sale. I bet you didn't know that we host a weekly live streaming comic sale. Dust off your old Facebook account or borrow your grandma's login. Join us every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Central. Bedrock City is the only verified blue check comic store on Facebook, meaning we're better than everyone else. It also means that we're trusted to bring you brand new quality key issues, comic bundles, variants, and more every week at super affordable prices. Even if you've already spent all your money on Fortnite skins like me, you can still join just to hang out and chat comics with Kevin Austin and me. For all the details not covered here, or if your auditory processing disorder didn't allow you to comprehend anything I just said, head over to bedrockcity.com live to read all the details. Hashtag ad. And we are back, and we're going to talk about Evil Dead Rise. Uh, final warning, spoilers for Evil Dead Rise and any previous Evil Dead film. So you have been warned. All right. So, Dylan, what was your hype like for Evil Dead Rise? Were you super excited, mildly excited, dreading it? Um, A little bit of a roller coaster. I was mildly excited uh, based on the trailers. Well, yeah. based on the first trailer, and then the second trailer looked significantly better, and I got more hype. And then um, it premiered at South by Southwest and had a lot of positive um reactions so then i got even more hype for it so i was super looking forward to it i i was um i didn't like the first trailer or i was mid on the first trailer and i don't remember seeing a second one um however um all the positive buzz made me super hyped because i loved that 2013 one 2014 2013 something like that yeah the last remake that was really good yeah uh the one by fede alvarez Mm-hmm. Um, loved that one real real good I will also preface this by saying I don't have like a massive nostalgia berry for this franchise in general this isn't like I don't love Evil Dead I like Evil Dead fine but I don't I'm not a huge Evil Dead fan what about you Dylan um yeah I'm not a I wouldn't call myself a stan either uh, right but I do just really like that last one um, yeah. I like the original ones too for what they are but Right. I think the last I, one was like one of my first like favorite horror movies. So I, I think the 2013 Evil Dead is the best of the Evil Dead movies. It's very, very good. Um, anyway, so let's talk about this. Um, Evil Dead Rise starring some people that I didn't recognize a single person in this movie. That's probably my fault, but I don't know anybody. Was what is, is that accurate? Were there a lot of famous people um, in this movie? Yeah, I didn't know any of them either. Okay, so see, I yeah. like that. I like because uh, then I really don't know who to be attached to. True, because I truly had no idea who was going to live and die in this movie. Um, I really Same. didn't know, which was which is awesome. Um, I, I tell you, I really liked the opening sequence. I thought it was really good. I liked the opening titles, especially in Dolby. It um, the music was very loud. Um, oh, all yeah. the sound, the sound design was very good. The type I loved the title when it came um, up behind. Yes, her. coming up behind the yeah. trees as she floated up out of the water. Super cool. I yeah. thought that was great. Um, I liked that. Like that was in the trailer, not the title part, but yeah, that scene a bit. But it didn't like context was important. Um, it, it didn't telegraph would, anything. Yeah, about how it would um tie into the story. Um, so it was like a good thing to actually feature, you know, they, the trailer, the one that you didn't see, or maybe you did, I'm not sure, but it had the, uh, the ponytail snatching and yeah. stuff like that. So I thought it was super, I like that. We just like said hi and bye to them, you know? Right. And well, see you later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, yeah, I thought it was good. I liked, I like starting out with a bang. And one thing I will say, this movie is an hour and 36 minutes and it really gets to the point. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't mess around, and it, it doesn't doesn't mess around so much that 
once <clears throat> once mom starts getting possessed, that's not a spoiler. It's in the poster. But once mom gets possessed, I'm just like, we've only been here for like 25 minutes, and they're they're stuck they're stuck in this apartment. I don't know what else is going to happen. It's a tiny apartment. Like they, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to have another hour out of this. Um, but they did. Yeah, and I th- I think it was actually paced very well for something that's pretty brisk. It was. I didn't know that we would be that there was going to be like an earthquake and they'd be trapped in this apartment floor right. basically so i was I'm like, glad we pleasant. didn't know that yeah i was surprised by that but in a good way um it felt like a little like tall building claustrophobic like mm-hmm. kind of like dread the last dread movie a little bit but not yeah. like nearly as expansive because it's mostly in one unit <laughs> right but um i like when you can see how inventive and like how useful they are with the limited budget that they have you know like everything mm-hmm. that they saved from not having famous people like you pointed out or big sets or anything was like or even a big name director yeah this was directed by lee cronin who is, hasn't done anything i think he did like one movie i hadn't heard of right right right. well uh, i guess nothing i'm being major, dismissive yeah. no, nothing you've heard of how dare you discredit his whole career i'm sorry to this man and the I same love... thing with fede alvarez though yeah I love um the hole in the ground. How dare you? Oh, the hole in the oh, I thought you were talking about the hole in the ground in uh. There is a hole no. in the ground in in this. That oh that, yes yeah that was that, cool. That is cool, but I will say that is the that is, in a movie full of like borderline zombies and like goofy stuff. The hole in the ground beneath a building containing a bunch of ancient Roman Catholic artifacts is the most unbelievable thing to me. But like. Why is this under an apartment building? Okay. Uh, but, you know, whatever. it used to be a bank, and they locked in the safe. I don't know. Yeah, right. They, I mean, they explained it. They did. but Enough like, for me, anyway. Well, yeah, of course. But I thought that was a really cool sequence when he's, uh, the, the brothers going down after the uh, the earthquake and going the hole in the ground and finding the Necronomicon. I, I think yeah. this movie's pretty well done. It was a little bit like, you idiot, but like, that has, someone of course. has to do that in every... In every one of these movies, someone's got to find the book and read it and play the record. I mean, you say you idiot, but I'd probably like take a record if I found one, like a cool old record. If you were in that situation, you definitely would. I would. Okay, wait. I would take stuff, but I totally wouldn't go into the like fresh rubble hole. You know, that would scare me. You'd come back Um, at like a week later if the hole is still solid. Yeah. And then like maybe I'd be scared of getting uh buried alive, you know. Oh yeah, so, like hey this thing, this hole just opened up in the parking garage. Let me just hop down there and look at this weird old book and records. Yeah. I'm but, the dummy know, in every horror movie who doesn't believe in anything like mystical or um Right. You're stupid, Dylan. Ghosts don't exist. Yeah, that that's me. Um so I would definitely like read the book and stuff. <laughs> right. And then play the record with the weird chanting. But rubble's real, and I would be scared of that. Those rocks. Um, yeah, rock, rocks don't play. But that's the tagline um, for this episode. What do you think of uh, of mother of mommy? Um, I thought she was good. I thought she was good. Um, I I, I don't have the actress in front of me. Um, Alyssa Sutherland. I, I, okay, she's from Vikings. I didn't watch it though. Really, I hate the way Letterboxd does their cast sorting because it's just by name. And not doesn't tell you who played who. Doesn't really help. Me. Yeah. Um, but I thought she was good. I thought I thought the whole family was good. Mostly. Agreed. This was really well acted. Yeah, I think so too. Well, I mean, you get a bunch of people who have something to prove, right? Like they they're not banking on their name. They need a performance to get another job. Even the little girl, uh I, he, Nell Fisher, I thought she was really good. Was very I did too. I did too. I thought she was real good. I thought the I thought the two siblings were super strong. Um, I um, I I liked uh, the the adult sister thought she was really good too. Lily Sullivan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, um, only, the only people not not worth mentioning, and uh, but they were barely in it. Or like the neighbor the neighbor people, they were they were very caricature, but like that they they were supposed to be. They were there to die. <laughs> right. Um, do you have any favorite? parts well do, do we want to get through the plot i mean it's evil dead we all know the plot somebody gets possessed and everybody gets killed that's the plot yeah they're, I mean, they're, they're trapped in the building 
they're trapped in their unit. Well, their floor, I guess, because the the stairs are broken and the elevator is possessed. Yeah. Um, or the keys are stuck in it. Either way. I mean, that's basically the whole plot. Yeah, and mother yeah. kills everyone. But I, I will say, like, I was kind of based on the trailer. I was like, oh, they're all kids. Like, I kind of assumed nothing. Because kids are kind of invincible sometimes in horror movies like this, mm-hmm. you know. But they she really tore those kids up. A lot yeah, of she did. Way. Um, except for one who I did like. Even seeing it, I was like, nothing's gonna happen to this character, you know. Right. Um, and I was kind of, kind of true. Other than emotional damage for the rest of her life, but well, of course, you but... know. Um. Yeah, I know we like touched on uh the mother, but I thought like. I thought she was so well cast because she kind of had a creepy face even before she was possessed. Wow. Rude. Like, no shade to the actress. She's really pretty, but she has, like, kind of a sp- spooky face. You know what I mean? I get you. Um, Like, not, uh, like, unsettling, maybe, but in a good way. <laughs> right. I know um, what you mean. I-, I understand what you mean. But I like that she, like, it's dumb to say that she, like, showed vulnerability, <laughs> but... Like, there were moments where you could kind of see the mother in there, you know, like the actual one. Mm-hmm. And I thought she walked the line between, um, I'm going to do something horrible to you and actually caring about the kids really well, you know? I think so, too. Um, I think she 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 really carried the movie. Yeah, this one have worked without her. Absolutely not. Um, um, she definitely carried it. As far as, like kills or like gruesome so I, moments. I, I, ha- I have my favorite sequence in the movie and it's the peephole moment oh that was great it was so well crafted the which like the the sorry, sequence the sequence when they're watching through the peephole as mother kills all the neighbors yeah not, not when the not when the little kid gets tricked into opening the door which everyone could see coming a mile away um i'm talking yeah. about when mom is just like oh well all right i'm out here Time to kill everybody. And you get it through um, the static lens of the people. I thought that was a really good scene. Sequence. Yeah, I like that they didn't show us everything. It's like almost scary or what, not knowing what's happening, you know? Right. Um, that was but cool. you heard it, though. Uh, yeah, we heard it. And we saw the the carnage. Um, yeah. Trying to think of what my favorite one was. Um, there's a, there's so much. I mean, you have like the, the wood chipper. Okay. Cheese grater. If I had to complain about the movie, I would say that like maybe the kills weren't too exciting to me. Okay, I um, I, I agree. Um, that that's why this movie lacks a little bit compared to the previous one. Um, I think the previous one was a masterclass in how to do gore in the right way. Yeah, because I will never forget the arm under the jeep. Never. <laughs> it's so good. It's so effective. It's so excellently shot and done. Perfect. Um, and this movie didn't have that. That's no, that's com- that's an unfair comparison in that I'm comparing it to a moment that I hold as one of the top in modern horror. Just just a moment specifically, but okay, sure, sure, they didn't get that, but they they did have some good gore and and kills, but nothing that's like, mm. oh man, you know this one specific kill. Yeah. So gross. Yeah. Right. The cheese grater. You saw all of it in the trailer. Yeah, which is really um, unfortunate. That's what they were like talking about a lot. They even handed out little cheese graters at the screening so, and stuff like that. And I saw that. I see all the discourse online about the cheese grater. And like, sure, it's a cool gimmick, but they did it. It was a one and done. Yeah, that's and it was very it. quick. Like, it wasn't like, okay, ooh, the cheese grater. Like, it did exactly what you expected it to do. It didn't kill anybody. It didn't. <laughs> I guess people just thought there'd be more than what we already saw, you know? Yeah. Um, But I like... I don't know. I truly can't pick a favorite kill because none of them. I didn't really like any of them too much. I don't right. know. Um, my I agree. favorite. I, I just like say, that sequence in the people. Yeah, that was cool. There were a lot of cool sequences, but there weren't like, like tension the, uh, moments. The elevator one was yeah. cool too. With the elevator flag. was real good. Yeah, but that's not um, a kill. Even the final kill, yeah. not even a lot great. Do you think the cat's alive? Oh, that I have to. Yeah, cat cat made it. I think so. They would have showed us, right? Yeah. Definitely. Um, she, I, I did get um jump scared one time. Jump scare. Uh, it was when she was like breaking down the door, the the aunt, um, mm-hmm. to to like a neighbor's room, and then the mother like appears in the hallway. Yes. It was like they did it. It was so successful because it wasn't. They didn't play any scary. It didn't get real quiet. Or they, did, they didn't before. do the right. 
Um, Perfect. So it got me. It got me once. Um, what did you think of the uh, amalgam? Uh, the the composite monster. <laughs> yeah, the Resident Evil composite um, monster. I thought it's a little hokey. I th- okay, look, I think I I think the whole last sequence is kind of um, the roughest sequence in the movie. Like hide, hiding around this. I, th- I think it didn't. I was like, oh, this is what we're doing. I feel like it wasn't where the movie should have ended or or how it should have ended. Like like a Jurassic Park style tension hiding in the kitchen scene from Jurassic Park, the first one. You know, you they're just hiding in this garage all in the middle of a garage around the side of a station wagon. Like and no one like and they're just going around circles in the station wagon and they can't they don't know you're there. I just it, it felt very um unbelievable. Yeah, I felt like I felt, it felt like a movie choreographed, like not yes. interesting at all. Like this is your, I don't know. I feel like you're supposed to end on the high note, like do more than what you've done so far. And it was just like, um, like went out on a whimper a little bit. Right. Um, I mean, the running they, around they, the car and then the wood, the was well, not a wood chipper, the the grind. What a, what's it called? Close enough. <laughs> it's it's just like a stump grinder type of thing. I don't know what it is, but like it's like basically yeah, they think a wood they chipper. put Michael Myers in. Um, yeah, that. That was kind of like anticlimactic to me too, because he's just like standing next to it, and like boom, and they're in there. It was very was dark it. too, so you didn't really get to see everything. Um, I did like the creature though. I thought it was like I, th- I like well. the design. I like the design. Yeah. It was a little hokey, but I did like it. But I just wanted like more of a brawl at the end, you know. I I, I liked that they committed to the creature though. You know what I mean? Like they they went they went for it. They had this big stupid thing with three heads and like six arms, and it just. They went for the flesh monster. Yeah. Um, Which we'll probably also talk about in about 20 minutes. Um, yeah, a better one. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, anyway, um, I let's let's any other big takeaways, Dylan, any other things you want to mention? No, I'm about OK. This movie? I'm OK. Diverting more time to Bo is afraid. <laughs> OK, um, I think let's rate this movie then. So I gave the original 2013, the original remake of Evil Dead, uh, a four stars. Um, I probably would give it four and a half stars, but I didn't letterboxed when I saw it, and I'm just retroactively guessing. But I really, really like that movie. I'm so I'm giving this one three and a half because I really did enjoy this movie. It just didn't innovate at all. Um, and I, you know, it, it it was I had a really good time. I just don't think I'll, I'd rather watch 2013 a couple of times before I watch this again. Yeah, it was fun. I would say I had a very good time. It could definitely be an at home watch if you're not going with a group. Um, right. Or if you're seeing it by yourself, go to Dolby. Or that. That yeah. was great. Great, great time. Um, I also gave it, th- I had to look it up. I gave it three and a half as well. Okay. Um, a perfectly, a perfectly fine rating, you know, it's sitting at 3.6 on letterboxd. So like, we're right there with everybody else. I will say that like visually it looked really good. So I would, I would definitely see another movie from this director based on the name, you know? Yeah. And what they were able to pull off with such a limited budget, you know? So, I mean, that is impressive for sure. Yep. Um, but anyway, that does it for evil dead rise. Let's hear about all those tabletop events. It's time to give you the rundown on all of the awesome upcoming tabletop events for the month of July. All exact dates and formats can be found on our Discord server. Kicking it off with Keyforge, we run two events a month at our Clear Lake location from 7pm till around 9. Keyforge is the perfect game for casual and hardcore card game players. We also love our role-playing games. Once a month at our Clear Lake store, we host an in-store one-shot RPG for players of all skill levels. Players don't need to bring anything. All play materials, dice, pencils, and character sheets will be provided. There is no entry fee. However, we do ask that you make a purchase of any size from the gaming department on the day of the event. Seats are very limited, and sign-ups are only open for about three weeks before the event. And of course, I can't forget about Paint Club. Every month we get together and paint some tabletop RPG miniatures. These events are for painters of all skill levels, including none. These events occur at Arcady and Clear Lake locations. We'll see you at the game tables. 
And we are back. And now we're going to review Bo is Afraid, the new film by Ari Aster. And full spoilers. Um, we will be spoiling the movie. Truly. Well, I don't even know like if knowing what happens in this movie would ruin it for you or not. I don't know. I think it might. I'm I think it sure. might do. A little yeah, bit anyway. Some some of it anyway. So if you if you think you're gonna see it truly and you say you don't care about spoilers, I would I would really prefer it personally if you did not listen to this portion of the show. Um would you agree, Dylan? I think like really do yourself a favor and yes, try to go in as blind as you can. But also I feel like I'm gonna poorly explain things and like I think the review is like you said, I think it's even like best listened to after you've seen the movie, you know? Absolutely. So, like, one step further is go see it and then come back and listen to the review. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so let's talk about Bo. Um, starring Joaquin Phoenix um, and a slew of side characters. Patty um, Lapone. Yes, Patty Lapone. Uh, <laughs> and Parker Posey. Right. Um, Naomi Ryan. And Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane playing it straight, which is the and weirdest Bill thing Hader in the movie. Bill Hader for a second. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Hader for a second. All right. Anyway, so Dylan, we've we've been covering this movie for a while, um, and historically, it's they haven't much like a lot of these arty type movies. They don't tell you what the plot of the movie is, right? Yes. Like I, I think Ari Aster once said it was like Jewish Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, sure, I see it. <laughs> Right. Um, the official synopsis is a paranoid man embarks on an epic odyssey to get home to his mother in this bold and ingenious depraved new film. That's accurate. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Sorry. That, that's from A24. The IMDb thing is pretty interesting. It says following the sudden death of his mother, a mild mannered but anxiety ridden man confronts his darkest fears as he embarks on an epic Kafka-esque journey back home. That was slightly more spoilery. I didn't know that even going in. I didn't said. either. However, like I feel like his mom passes away like pretty early. So early. On. Like yeah, in a three-hour movie. Yeah, in, in the first twenty minutes in the three-hour movie. So yeah, also a warning: this movie is three hours. Um, and it man. kind of feels it. It. A little bit. I don't. I don't know. I. I. I differ a little bit. I didn't. I was never bored. I was never like. Neither was I. I. I was. There were moments where I was like, "Wow, this is really just going on for a long time." I like it. I like what I'm seeing, but this is just really going for well, it. It had a really distinct beginning, middle, like three act structure. You know, almost felt like watching right. three episodes of a TV show. Like right, like the apartment setting, and then like the suburban family. So and okay, so mom. in broad strokes, right? You want to get to the plot to so we can talk about the rest of the movie. So I think. The the broad strokes is you have Bo who lives in a metropolitan area, very similar yes. to a New York City. Um, they don't yeah. I don't believe they say the city, but it's like a it's like a New York City. Um, yeah. and he has all sorts of issues, um, that he's dealing with, um, that he's seeing a therapist for, and there are just around him as we see. Um, and he has to get to his mother. He is supposed to go visit his mother. Um some things happen and he doesn't make his flight and he has to go see her gets hit by a car and every other horrible thing happens along the way. And then finds out she passes away and has to get to the funeral. Yeah. That's, that's the, because movie. she, she can't be buried until he's there. She doesn't want to be buried right. without him because so she, her so, body's just kind of out. <laughs> well, so it's a, so this is completely a, a joke that would only, appeal to a certain type of a certain person, but so they're Jewish and the, so they're sitting Shiva for her, which is where, you know, the, whatever, not explaining Shiva, but when they get to, um, when Bo finally gets to the, the mansion, there's a, there's a van parked in front, a catering van that says Shiva Steve's. And I just, I lost it at Shiva Steve's. I'm like, that is great. Like in the, whatever world this is, there's an industry around, <laughs> Catering for it. shivas, long shivas. I love it. Oh yeah, there's you a know, lot of humor in this. Got to grieve. Call Steve. You know, the yep. movie's very funny. Yeah, but it's it also very serious. A dramedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, but uh, so it's like, it, this movie what is else real, to establish yeah. about the plot. I don't know. This movie, there's so much. It's really hard to talk about. Um, because well, it's hard to talk about succinctly. There's a lot of well type of conversation i feel like 
Um, Because we don't know what's really happening and what Bo is just imagining, which I think is probably most of the movie. Well, yeah, Uh, I think most of the movie is personification of Bo's fears and anxieties, right? Like, so like we hear on the radio that there's a serial killer and Bo looks outside and there's a naked man, you know, bits out with a knife trying to kill people, you know? I like how on the... (laughs) On the news, or like he's circumcised, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> he's a naked serial killer, right? Well, you got that to distinct from you know differentiate from all the other nude people walking around. Yeah. Um. um so well, okay. Yeah. One more, like a little bit of world building is it's like his mom is the head of a huge corporation called MW, and you like you see very early on in the movie that MW is like they're like they basically own his apartment, and the the medication. Yeah. They're like the, Google or Amazon. This is MW is like the world yeah yeah exactly so she's like one of the biggest business people in the world it seems like and um runs his whole life and, and her it, name like, is mona wasserman yeah we didn't know what mw was until this or at least i didn't so i, I didn't i had no idea out. but i think the movie like if you had to like put it in a nutshell it's like unpacking mommy issues and which sure. Ari Aster clearly has based on these oh yeah movies. definitely uh, maybe not maybe just uh, maybe he's just good at channeling them yeah maybe um but um it unpacks them through like i think the metaphor of uh like a corporation running your life you know like the way an overbearing mother you know it's like it mirrors that that's like the broadest stroke i feel like you could paint the movie with is looking back into the past and him I want to say facing his fears because I don't think he really does that, but uh, no, reflects on them. I guess uh, there's a lot of introspection. Got to where yeah. he is. Yeah. So, man, but the this... wildest things happen that you could think of. And... Well, so, and that's the thing is like I think so. I this is a movie that I feel like there's going to be a lot of those one star review bombs, worst movie I've ever seen type of a thing because I've seen it. Yeah. So the movie, the movie is really out there like severely out there. Um, and I've mentioned it to a couple of people who haven't seen it. It's like I, without any spoilers <laughs> to people, this is how I would phrase it. There is a thing. The movie is very surreal. Through, whole stop. The whole movie is very surreal. Yeah. Uh, well, that's where the Kafka-esque description comes in the byline. That's not a joke. It does Cronenberg better than Cronenberg does. Um, and, but there's a moment in the third act when there's like 20 minutes left where the, the most ridiculous thing in the movie happens when they go in the attic. And I think yeah. that is when you lose, when you lose a bunch of the people like th- they were already like teetering on the edge and Bo goes in the attic and they go, okay, I'm out. I felt unfazed by that because oh, me like, too. so much to- had already happened, but like that wasn't that ridiculous to me, but I can see that being a moment when people who are not down for a three hour introspective movie that doesn't hold your hand at all. So, so what we're getting here is we're getting a movie with a with a unreliable narrator in Bo, right? And yeah, typically in a movie like that, you'll have the the reliable person that we will then see the movie through their lens, so we know what's real and what isn't real, quote unquote real. Um, yeah, but we don't have that here. Everything is Bo. There is yeah. there is no measure. There's no barometer to, to barometer to tell you what is or what isn't real. So therefore, everything is real. You have to sort of just take it as it is. I think. I think uh, Ari Aster in an interview with I don't remember who uh, was talking about how to watch this movie. He said, "I don't think you should watch this movie trying to figure it out. That's not the way to do it. I think you watch this movie and feel it. You watch this movie and take the turns and take the twists." Because it's it's a it's a movie about emotion and how you feel, and yeah. it's not something to figure out. I I feel the I mean I don't want to disagree with the director, but like <laughs> I feel the same way. Um, yeah, I let it. That's kind of how I did it too. I just let it wash over me because I really had no idea what to expect. I didn't know that the movie would speak almost exclusively in metaphor and symbolism. You know, right? Uh, like to put it in like podcast terms it's like it's kind of like the like the egg sandwich part of birds of prey but like the whole movie you know like yes insane things and with a narrative you like, can't trust tr- truly like the, the part of the movie is animated um and then puppet there's like there's all sorts of stuff going on in this movie 
And like I said, um, it is surreal in, in the literary definition of surreal, not like any, like, I mean, truly dictionary definition of a movie is very surreal. Um, and like, it's, you know, what's never explained that is, I just want to know more about is, uh, his mom lives in Wassertown. Like, does what does she, does she own the whole town too? Or like, yeah. was it, is it just like a family town before she became famous? And I just need to know all this stuff. Um, but I'm more, I'm just curious about all this, all this stuff, you know, um, man. So there's just so much to say. So let's talk about just Joaquin Phoenix centrally. Um, I've historically not been a huge fan of Joaquin Phoenix. Like I don't dislike him, but I also don't, I, he's not a plus or minus for me, generally speaking. Uh, he's not going to sell me a ticket. Okay. However, I thought he was phenomenal in this movie. Tremendous. Yeah. The whole thing hinged on him and I think he did really I'm a fan. Uh I don't I'm not a fan of Joker, but I like all his or most of his other movies. His real um, movies. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say real, but <laughs> this is like a very anti Joker movie, it seems like, you know? It's like the least cool you could look. Um Yeah. Like the most yeah. pathetic. He doesn't look cool <laughs> at all. Like he's balding overweight um weird and he's crippling mommy issues and anxiety right and he has um weird medical issues <laughs> i uh that nathan lane points out that he needs to get checked out yeah he's got enlarged things and yeah bits I, I was like what does that have to do with anything and then it definitely well i uh, noticed it immediately in the bathtub scene like you see a flash of something down by his thighs I'm like what is going on oh here? i missed that oh you, they 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 telegraph it early on when he gets into the bathtub, and you see just a very brief like what what, okay, uh, and um, yeah, but, but like, I know our Aster said it's not something to figure out, but I, he does like also invite that a little bit. Because oh, of course, everything in all his movies so far like means something, you know, right? Um, it is something. To, it's like a puzzle almost, but I think it is best to like try and put it together after. Because I walked out really like not knowing if I even liked it. <laughs> sure. Um, I was like, I had a good time, but like, I don't know if I would recommend this movie if I enjoyed it at all. Like, so, well, that's a, that. That's a different thing. About whether or not I would, I would recommend it. Like, I immediately enjoyed the movie. I knew I loved it from on walking out. I loved it. Um, however, it's a very I've said we've said this before about other movies, but I don't think it it holds more true about anything other than this. This is a very hard movie to recommend. Yeah, unless the person wouldn't. is already a kind of a cinema dork. Like, if you're not already predisposed to liking three hour art films, uh, I really don't think you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. And I don't mean that it with, and I mean that with zero negativity. Like, if you don't love Bo is Afraid, I'm not like, I don't think less of you. You know what I mean? I don't yeah, think you're like it's inferior. It's a very acquired taste. It's a it's, and like, did you watch the Chris Duckman review on this? No. Okay, he said something. He, like inter- um, he loved it. Um, okay, I'll tell you something interesting that he said that I agree with. He says like, so his first two movies are pretty accessible, like they're pretty easy. I'm paraphrasing. He says his first two movies are pretty easy to watch, uh, and you know you can think about them later and expand upon them. But like this movie, he had to make those two movies before he made this because, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago or last week, I don't remember that he made a student film called Bo. Mm-hmm. Um. So this 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 project has been in his mind since he was a film student. Um, so he's always wanted to make this movie, but he had to make Hereditary and Midsommar first. And Chris Stuckman's like, I don't think you'll ever see another movie like this. Like in theaters. I think this is a very, I've never seen a film like this. Agreed. Yeah. Never. And I, I loved it. I thought it was incredible. Um, but Real quick, slight tangent. Did you did so? Ari Aster and A twenty four, I assume, pulled Bo from all sort of anywhere who had pirated it and streamed it online. Um, however, we talked about that last week. I was able to find a copy. Um, Dylan, did you did you watch it? I did not. I did. I, I know what it's it. about, but I didn't watch it. Okay, it's identical. The first, the, it's a six six and a half minute thing. The the first three minutes is the first bit of Bo is afraid like going downstairs, figuring his luggage, having to cancel the flight, 
um, the same notes. It's really interesting. Um, it diverges a little bit towards the end. Like there's a possum that he's afraid of. Um, but even even the, there's lines that are the same. Like the, a guy walking down the hallway looking at Bo going, you're effed, pal. Like, but it's Ari Aster delivering the line in the student film. Um, interesting. But, but anyway, so he's had this nugget in his creative space since he's been trying to make movies, which is so interesting to me. Like he didn't have the funding to make it or the authority to be able to yeah. get something like this made. It seems like they just kind of wrote him a blank check and were like, they, yeah, that's something they, great. They did. Here's $35 million and just go do, go do your thing. Now, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to make its budget back theatrically. No, I don't think, I think they're probably regretting this decision because it's not like particularly well-received or making any money. It right. had, I think It'll it get has it back a chance on home to video. Like, and Blu-ray so. and stuff. I think it has a chance to get a bigger audience once more people get the chance to see it. This is one um, of those like long time uh you know movies that doesn't find its audience for a little bit, I think, unfortunately. Yeah, I think it might be one of those. Um because it's just like an upsetting watch, you know. So it's, it's hard not, to like right. Is even though it is funny, it is upsetting. It's not pleasant. Like the ending is really sad. Yeah. Um, I love the ending though. I thought it was um, amazing. I loved the ending, especially when like um his public defender is like doesn't have a microphone and is yelling and trying to save him or whatever. Um, and, and then he just gets midsummered off the <laughs> just head splat on the thing. Like, oh my god, this is all right. Sorry, Bo. Rip, rip. That's it. Um. Yeah. There's a lot of, like physical humor, but. I th- I think it was like so upsetting for me because it like tapped into specific anxieties that everyone has, or at least I do that. Like, I don't even think about like from the get go, like when he props the door open for like a second and then like the entire street just like files into his apartment building. Oh my God. I know. You know, it's like That's... all these like little anxieties that you have throughout the day. It's like, what if the worst thing that you imagine in your head is happening and that's like the first two hours of the movie that's you know? what i explained to Lori. i was like she's like what's it about i was like well uh every imaginable horrible thing that you can imagine happens to this man everything you feel so bad for Bo. he's so sympathetic he just feels so bad and I, my anxiety was going non-stop the first i think it told you or monica i was like i was so anxious for the first hour and a half of this movie like i was talking to somebody yeah. about Bo. i was like i was just a ball of nerves waiting for everything to be okay for this man. And, it, yeah. and like, while some of those things are funny, like some of the things that are happening to him are kind of funny. They're mostly not. Um, at least the things that are going wrong are just like, you just, I think that's um, attributed to Joaquin Phoenix being uh, excellent in this movie. And also Ari Aster being great, but there's so much that just goes on. And his time at, at, at Nathan Lane's house is just surreal and the daughter and the paint and the guy in the RV like that okay that's one thing that I'm still trying to like piece together a bit mm-hmm. I feel like the the time with the family is what I have like the least grasp on uh like metaphorically okay. um sure there's a debate online about whether Okay, one thing about the movie that we were talking about was that the mom probably isn't... It's hard to tell what's real, but it's faked her death so that to guilt Bo into coming to see her, you right. know? Um, and she runs everything um, in his life. Like, it's revealed that she... Her, his therapist works for her, and she controls his medication and owns his apartment building, and, you know, on and on and on. And right. his his girlfriend... Or his, his crest works for her. It's like... So it's not... There's a debate about how much of the movie, um, like, she orchestrated, like, how much MW... Um, like put into play and how much is like just like unfortunate circumstances I'm right. kind of in the camp I think that she orchestrated this family a bit you know you think they, so because there was there was some video footage of the house that she could see and then there was the True. part where it felt like he was being tested like oh I can drive you now if if I have to you know and then Amy Ryan, the mom, slips in the letter. It's like, stop incriminating yourself, you know, when he was like, no, he can stay. Um, 
implying I think that someone was watching and that right he was like further incriminating himself or it's just his head and he felt guilty and he felt like he was incriminating himself like his conscious you know it's not clear whether or not things are being moved or right same with I, the I agree in the forest I mean th- and and that is an excellent read however I don't know like and I think I think there is no I I don't even know if Ari Aster would tell you or knows what is I feel quote like he unquote knows, but real. he won't tell us. <laughs> you think One so? Of those directors, yeah. No, see, but like with David Lynch, he doesn't know. There is not there when he will make movies deliberately with messages that can be received seen other ways, uh, seen as multiple ways. And now, not to say like Mulholland Drive does have an answer. There's a riddle to figure out. Um, but most of his films, you know, um, are very ambiguous. And this feels like that to me. I feel like there's a lot of the director's own stuff in the movie, of course, but I think there's stuff that speaks of like improv storytelling. Not that the movie is improv, but like that, like he just like came out of him rather than um, premeditated. If that makes any sense, like a, a lot of it seems like very um, extemporaneous. Yeah, I could see that, and I, I think. think- I think I, I yeah I know go ahead. I think it all is, like you said, intentional and probably I'm sure he's like probably has multiple meetings, but because I think the the two meanings that you can get from things are whether or not it's just like um something in his head or something that M W Corp you know uh, orchestrated um there's things that are like very clearly in his head like fantastical things. Yeah, And then there's things like, like normally in this type of movie, like a Truman Show or whatever, you'll pull back and you'll see like what's actually real and what exactly. isn't. And like, oh, these people right. were actors and then this. Was but you like, don't get that here. Everything is both. this. You only get yeah. his perspective. And like, I'm not sure. I think everything symbolizes something like an overarching thing, but it doesn't really matter whether or not it's real, if that makes sense. You know what I, I mean? I agree with you. I think, yeah, I think arguing whether or not something is real doesn't serve the movie, it's but maybe, yeah. but, but talking about the meaning does. Sure. I'm not um, sure what the like military dude quote, hunting him down kind of symbolizes. I'm kind of stuck on that. Me neither, but I, I haven't spent any time trying to analyze. Um, so as we said, like sort of at the top of this review, um, that the movie isn't meant to be figured out. It's more meant to be watched and felt, you know, Never more have never have I felt more seen by a filmmaker, <laughs> because like have, have I've said historically over and over, I do not try to figure out movies as I'm watching them, and this was exactly what I wanted. There wasn't, I there was not a mystery for me to figure out. I didn't. I was. It felt like it was made directly for me to enjoy it, um, with the way I, I watch movies because I, I like. I like watching movies and I like things with a, with a mystery and whatever, but I don't like actively trying to decipher the plot and um, figure it out as I'm watching it. Yeah. I don't normally do it as I'm watching it either, but I think things happen in this movie that aren't rant. Like mm-hmm. everything could just be like, Oh, that just happened for no reason. But sure. I think it is fun to like, Oh no, it is fun. I know I agree with you. about why things happen because it is a little like his brain is just kind of like a scattered puzzle, puzzle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so it's it's interesting to like uh, put yourself in his shoes, like empathize a little bit and see for sure maybe what he was feeling in that moment because I can't I can't personally identify with a lot of the the things that happen. Um, right. Some of it there is like I think everyone has mommy issues to some extent. <laughs> you know. Of what course. I mean? Yeah. Of course. Daddy issues. So like, there's something to latch on to for everyone. I think, but like. Not everything, you know what I'm talking about. There's not, well, I, th- I think <laughs> I think if if we're going to analyze the um the military guy, I mean it's it's Bo's sense of not belonging anywhere, um, and this guy is trying to keep him out from the place where he's trying to fit in. So it's everything in the movie is sort of pulling from Bo's fears and paranoias. It is everything that like he is already of existing. Like it's like a, a blown out version of whatever he's afraid of or paranoid of. And this guy, he he's both been rescued by this family. They're being very nice, except for the sister. But this guy on the outside of the house doesn't want him to be inside of the house. It wants him to leave the house and it will chase him and kill him and whatever. So that's, if I had to 
pin it down. I would say that's probably. I have an opposite read. Okay, let's well, hear I guess it. It's it's very half baked, but I feel like I never. I feel like I didn't trust the family that they were trying to help him, and I got the sense that this guy was like on his side a little bit. Interesting. And then at the end, it like I don't know. I feel like it corroborated a little bit at the end because he, um, it seemingly intentionally doesn't kill Bo, and then instead attacks the thing that um like the antagonist i guess mm-hmm. so i feel like this guy could personify like Bo's um like courage a little bit you know because it it's the one thing like standing up to everything around him that that is harming him because i think they were given all those drugs and stuff that there were and they were actively testing him and keeping him from his mom you know like oh we'll mm-hmm. take you tomorrow we'll take you tomorrow we'll take you tomorrow and I don't know. So yeah, I no, read, no, as, I, I read I, him I, as a good thing. I, don't know. I can I can see that. I can see that. Absolutely. Um, That's the fun thing about this movie is like everything means nothing, but it, look, it can the be whatever you... The movie's real good. I think th- th- that being said, I can see why people don't like it. It's It asks yeah. a lot. I've never seen yeah. a film like it. They're like... But anyway, we've we're... I think it's like a fable or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, nothing like nothing makes sense. Well, in, like, there's there's a the literal Odyssey. 35 minute fable in the middle of the movie. True. Where he yeah. watches the play about his about the life. I I that was the sequence I was talking about. That's like, wow, they're just this is just going. They're just still going with this. Okay, we've been here for 30 minutes and <laughs> I love it, but like this is wild. Like we are committing a runtime here. And you know what? Okay. I will uh, say, I know we didn't really talk about her much, but I thought like Patty Lupone was like amazing in this. Um, yes. She instilled so much anxiety and like fear into me, you know, um, just the way she, the way they, I guess they, they had such good chemistry. You know what I mean? And they're, mm-hmm. they had like, she was basically so good. Had, they basically had one scene together, um, mm-hmm. but their chemistry in it was so good. Um, it was like realistic it's funny because everything in this movie is so grounded, um, right. but fantastical at the same time. Um, Patty Lapone was tremendous. Um, she's great. I'm very excited about good. her to tie it back to the podcast. She's the maybe antagonist of Agatha. Coming oh, right. Chaos, so like, I'm very hype about that. The Patty Renaissance is happening. <laughs> she was great. I liked Parker Posey a lot. I love Parker Posey in general. Um, I thought she was, she was really game for, she she went for it, and well, Parker Parker Posey famously is up for it. Um, and I noticed I, something regarding her character that like we can't talk about on the show. But oh, I want to remember okay. to bring it up. But there's also Michael Gandolfini for a minute. Yes, um, and then I thought that uh the the kid, one of his sons, yeah. And yeah. then I thought the little girl was no the teenage girl was pretty great too. <laughs> yeah. I, um, um, man, I don't know what else to say. Um, I, I think, do, do you have anything to say negative about this movie? Anything that was wrong? Other than it's just like very inaccessible. Yeah. But I don't I think mean, that's a flaw for me, but. It's a flaw like financially, but just like objectively looking at the movie, like selfishly, even for me, um, it makes no attempt to get you to like it at all. Or have mm-hmm. like a good time. I feel like I think it's like very indulgent, you know, which I normally don't like in movies because they don't hit for me. Like you can feel how um self-serving isolated, yeah. yeah. Isolated like the audience is, you know. Um, but this one I felt like really invited me to um like feel it along with Bo, you know. So it I, felt I agree. It felt better. But um I'm also predisposed and biased to liking Ari Aster, so Right. He has a new Criterion closet up uh, that you all should go check out. It's pretty good. Um, should we rate this movie, Dylan? Sure. Okay. Um, I'll go first. I've changed it. I'm going with five. I'm going five stars. Ooh, five stars. I changed mine too. I, as I'm talking about it, like I, like I really don't. I look at my, I looked at everything else. I have this rated five stars on on Letterboxd, and I was like, because I walked out of the movie and I gave it four and a half. Um, because I, I want hard fives to be harder, hard to get. And on talking about it and reflecting, I, 
I gave the last movie I gave five to was Banshees of Inisherin, and before that was Everything Ever All at Once. Before that, it was Drive My Car. Uh, I don't have a lot of five star movies on there, and this is as good as those. And it made me excited, and it did everything that a movie should do. I loved it. I upped mine from four, which is what I gave Walking Out, mm-hmm. um, to four and a half. Um, I, I have no like real reason why to knock off half a star other than it's Just not my favorite vibes. movie, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, but it's one that I'm like excited to watch again. I think I'm going to see it again in theaters, which is pretty rare. It, um, did you see it in Dolby? Oh, you, no, no. you saw it Regal. I, I saw it, it in Dolby. In Dolby? Oh wait, that's crazy. No, no, I saw an IMAX. Sorry, IMAX. That's yes, crazy I, too. I, I okay, saw cool. yeah because Dolby was um something else, Mario or e- Evil Dead. Because I saw yeah. Evil Dead and Dolby, um yeah yesterday. But no, Bo was in AMC IMAX, which was wild. That's cool. It yeah. was great. Like if I'm sure it's not there anymore, but if you can see it in a premium format screen, do it. <laughs> um. I agree. Super, super I think cool. It, like benefits from a theater watch. Um, Definitely. I mean, home, because, home like, watch would be fine. However, but I feel like being in a dark room and like having no distractions and just like letting it wash over you is like important. This and yeah, even the end, the final like shot of the movie is like almost like important to be in a theater. You know, it, like, I, sta- I stayed the whole time. Theater. I stayed the whole time until that was over. Yeah. Um. And you know what? Like this is not not to sound like a dork, but like this is what this is what movies are for. This movie movie this movie is made for movie theaters. Not to sound like Christopher Nolan, but like like this is a theatrical come to this movie. place for magic to be reborn or otherwise transformed. Yeah, because here, Dylan, they are. They are. Yeah. <laughs> um. But anyway. Um. I, if if you somehow listen to this whole thing and want to go and have have not seen it yet, you should. If you like weird movies, Can, I can't compare it to anything else. It's not like his other two movies at all. It's not like, I man, I don't know, Infinity Pool. I guess did you like Infinity Pool? If you liked Infinity Pool, you'll like this for sure. But that's not a, you don't have to like Infinity Pool to like this. Yeah, if like an abstract odyssey sounds fun to you does jewish lord of the rings sound fun what if that's not true and it's only like spiritually jewish lord of the rings go see bows afraid anyway i guess that's gonna do it for us this week thank you so much for downloading us we really appreciate all the support bye everyone this is dylan and i'm michael we'll see you next time Thanks for sticking around for the mid-credits. We can tell you've been trained well. If you want to help us out, please go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It'll really help new people find the show, and it will help us to get Rotten Tomatoes verified so we can start affecting those rankings. Then, check out our socials. We're BRC Uncanny on Twitter, Uncanny Universe on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you online.